Thursday. You know what that means. It is episode 80 of the most elite show on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Live to the world at twitch.tv slash the Salzer Effect. This is the A-E-W Rundown. My name is Adam. I'm your host. Sal is here. What's up, buddy? Adam, what is going on this week, man? How are you doing today? Hello to everyone on Twitch. We're going to have fun this week, man. I can feel it. You always bring in this weird, like, fake energy when we when you do that. It always makes me laugh. It's not fake energy, man. I'm trying to be, you know, I'm, I'm riled up. This is, a, this is a lot to talk about tonight. We, we have been chatting for the, last, for the last 20 minutes before we started doing this. And you didn't sound like that. Yeah, because now we're going to talk about wrestling. We were talking about fucking juice before. <laughs> and seltzer water. Sal is trying to find something to drink other than soda. And was drinking sugar-free juice, it, which isn't fucking it was juice. fucking Diet Ocean Spray, man. It was good. Diet juice. It's like the first time I ever tried it, all right? Diet juice. Fuck your face. Anyway. You're not my type. How's your... Oh, you can fuck your face. Um, I've tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> How's your week been? Good. Good. I can move my arm all the way up again. So that's a good thing. Oh, you got your first shot. Uh, I did. I got my first I got my first shot on Tuesday. Now, did you go to a facility or did they just do it at a CVS? It was a drive through uh, set up by the by the National Guard. Wow! At, uh, at SNU, Southern New Hampshire University, uh, and it looked like a clusterfuck when we got there. But I think that was just because of all the cars for the people who that, that were parked for the people who were actually working the thing. That the actual setup of it was it was zip zop zip. It was perfect. It was great. Awesome. We drive up. They put us in a line, and then they come by and and. You know, check. They scan the QR code in the email that you got that says this is your appointment time, and you show them their you show them their IDs, and they give you a little piece of paper uh, that says which one you're getting. You put that on the dash, and you put your hazards on. So once you're checked in, you put your hazards on. Okay. And then, so there was five lines, and then they let the lines. You know, it was kind of a staggered situation. Move up to the to the next area, and the next area was where they did the shots. And so once you got your shot, you turn your hazards off so that's how they basically it was that the hazard lights basically being the, the status indicator um and you got you know you got your card with the sticker on it that says you know the date and the which which one it was and uh and they hang around and they go now <laughs> and they told us they go now if you if you need anything like if you start feeling dizzy or faint or if anything goes wrong if you need anything you just lay on that horn like a madman and somebody will be over <laughs> so okay that works for us, but now we sat there for our uh, for our designated wait time to make sure everything was uh, hunky dory, and then uh, then we came back home. That's fine. Yeah, it was it was very organized, very well put together. The place was, I went to uh, was very organized, but I had to I had to park. I had to, there was a a cop that directed you to to a garage because it's fucking Somerville. It's the city. What do you expect? And we all had to park, and then somebody walked us from our car to like to the building because the building was a little bit off to the side and then and then you checked in you gave your ID you went to a conference room 
It was like jury duty. <laughs> but everybody spaced out three feet, or six feet, rather. And then uh, they came over to you. They're like, hey, can I see that bracelet of yours? And you're like, here you go. And then they give you the shot. And they're like, okay, now we're going to sit here for 15 minutes. Yeah. But if yeah. you feel fine, you can just walk right out that door. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so in four weeks, we go we go back for dose number two. And then two weeks after that, we're uh, fully vaccinated. Amazing. Hey, Dewarm. Welcome in. So, yeah. Fun times. Now, how'd your arm feel the next day? Uh, it was sore. It was it was quite sore. I could uh, I, I I did end up staying home from work. Like physically, I felt like I didn't feel sick. Right. I just couldn't lift my arm above my head. <laughs> and I figure probably not a good idea to try and carry heavy boxes and shit with one arm that only half works. Right. So, uh, I stayed home and built Legos. I was gonna say, but you were able to build Legos despite the sore arm. Because it's fucking Legos, dude. <laughs> and if you go back and watch the VOD, you, every so often you'll see me go, Oh, got there, out. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember. But I because I, I want to make sure I kept the arm moving and so that it, you know, it didn't get stiff and gross. But, no, well, that's yeah, what they say. Was, they say to keep it moving. So. Today was fine. Today was, uh, today was good. That's one thing that pissed me off. Both times, both shots, the day after... Felt like, you know, somebody gave me the old fucking Shayna Baszler where they just fucking put my arm behind my my hand underneath me and then my arm up in an angle and then just stepped on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, there was this old lady that was go, going around with like the, the information lady. And she goes, Okay, when you get when you get home today, make sure you drink lots of water. And then when you come back for, for your second one, make sure you drink lots of water the day of, the day before, and the day after. And I said, okay. <laughs> Bless her heart. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was my that was my Tuesday afternoon. Um, yeah, this uh, this took three days all told. This uh, for anybody who's not watching, this is the uh, Lego Jurassic Park T Rex rampage. Giant. Giant fucking T Rex, and then the Jurassic Park gate, and on the back it's got little vignettes from the movie. It's an amazing set. It's thirty two hundred pieces. It's fantastic. I love it. Okay, speaking of the amazing set, um, one of the characters, what about my balls? No, one Sorry, of the what? characters that is in that Jurassic Park set. I forget his name in the movie, but he he plays uh, Newman on Seinfeld. Yes. Okay. Dennis Nedry. Yes. In that little Lego that they sent you, he's got the fucking ink shit on his face, and I yeah, thought so a lot that of these was I'll, fucking amazing. A lot of the heads are two sided, so you can have them have different. Uh, like Ian Malcolm has two expressions. See, that's the character that you can't remember. I can't fucking remember Samuel L. Jackson's character name because he's fucking Samuel L. Jackson. Right. Uh, he has two two sides. I think Sattler does, and yeah, Nedry has has reversible they have reversible faces jeff goldblum probably has like six sides right no just two. Oh come on he's like the star. Star. no i'm just kidding um he's not rexy's the star <laughs> <laughs> well probably <laughs> he's the one that went on to star and many but, more 
But with that said, uh, Rexy's actually missing a piece. Really? Uh, I was missing was missing a piece in the box, and so I, uh, I DM'd Lego on Twitter, and they got back to me right quick, and they're sending me the piece. So, props to the customer service department at, uh, at Lego. Was it a whole uh, bag or just one that. piece? Nope, just one. Just one wow. element. I don't think you can see it from there, but uh, the part of his tail, one little piece of his tail is missing, so I can't stick one of the outside uh, pieces on. So he's got battle damage right now, but uh, other than that... Uh, I think our AEW listeners, our rundown listeners who've been listening to the podcast for a long time, deserve to hear the song. Everybody on Twitch heard the song. Which which one? The song about the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park and the Lego. Oh, the the oh, the, the the lyrics to the Jurassic Park theme song. Is yes, it? exactly. That song? Oh, the one that goes, "There are dinosaurs, lots of dinosaurs." And they're running wild and free. <laughs> Fantastic! I don't know. The, <laughs> uh, the gate open. The gate opens. No, it's, does it I, really? It does. That's fantastic. I'll show you later. Okay, no, it's fine. I have to. I, <laughs> I'm kind of afraid to take it off the shelf because it's no. Like, we'll just leave it there. It's fine. Thing. It's epic. Like, I wouldn't take it off the shelf. <laughs> I put it in the glass oh, case. And I bought. And, and I bought shelves. Oh yes, they're very nice. I got him at Home Depot. Oh, you went to Home Depot. 20 bucks a shelf. 20 bucks a shelf. I need a third one because I have too many fucking Legos. Anyway. Anyway. Um, shall we begin better the, with... Better than the Christmas lights uh, that I was getting made fun of on a, on a blank fuck wall, so... That's true. <laughs> you ready to talk about BTE? Anyway. I'd rather just talk about Legos for another hour. Don't, but, uh, don't. This is not the yeah, Lego cast. So. Okay, don't make me turn this into soup uh, cast. All right. Can we do a Can we do a Lego cast? Maybe. <laughs> so, BTE episode two fifty three. <laughs> KT says that's the only thing I'm going to hear now in Jurassic Express to do their entrance. <laughs> nice. Uh, More on them in the news section. What is the uh, the title of this episode? Hit by a truck! Hit by a truck! The cold open this week. Uh, the Bucks and Gallows stare at Hot Carl's whirlycock. Helicopter for the boys, as it were. This is the scene from last week's Dynamite when the Elite are in their trailer. And then someone's honking outside their window, driving Kenny nuts. Um, this, <laughs> but this time, when we hear Kingston and Moxley it's hit the, the horn, it's the Lord of the Rings extended version. <laughs> we get a new added scene where the elite do the run gimmick, <laughs> and because it's been a couple months since I since I heard the run gimmick, I fucking burst out laughing. <laughs> Did they play this? Song? Yes, they played the song. And then I was so mad at myself for laughing. I'm like, why would you laugh at that? I thought thought what you were laughing at was the joke about uh, Matt updating their Twitter bio while they were running. Oh, that was also kind of funny. And so I don't remember. remember, It was words at first, and then at the end it just devolved into... (laughs) Kyle was like, are you serious? Also, and I understand you hate them, but, but... uh, I will give props to Gallows, who's like, 
Carl, your butt cheeks are hanging out. Your butt cheeks are hanging out. It's making me want to kiss. Give me one what? Kids. That's what they call beating off. So when they say catch a kids, they're talking about beating off. Oh, uh, see the the last time the last time I thought it was catching kids. Nope, nope. That's not which what they say. Why, which is why it was a semen reference. But now it's kids for come. Okay. Yep. I hate it more. Oh wow! I, <laughs> I just made him hate it more. Fuck. Oh, anyway, yes. Um, <laughs> and I also appreciated before, <clears throat> right before we hit the run uh, gimmick, they're like, come on, we gotta go, 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 we gotta go. <laughs> I told you they escaped. You were like, oh, they hit a different trailer. I'm like, nah, man, they escaped. Mm-hmm. All right, then we go to the title sequence. Then, segment number one. Bucks are at the airport, and Matt bitches his luggage is cracked. They also heal yep. it up and flash their sneakers. Yep. I ain't nothing else. <laughs> oh. Segment two. Mm. I have mixed opinions about this segment. The Dark Order are all huddled around a table trying to figure something out. Hangman shows up pissed off because he was attacked by a child. Shouldn't that kid have been in school? Then Colt gets pissed because Hangman broke a promise. Like, Colt gets dad pissed. Uh, Because of that broken promise, somehow this means that John Silver needs 12 inches of flesh or he'll lose his arm? What? (laughs) Maybe he ate his arm? Yeah, I think that's what they skipped. You skipped over the most important part of the segment. When Stu was sitting at at Anna's spot? Yes. Sal, they listen. They listen. I know they do. Someone is listening. Well, more on that in a little bit. But <laughs> I laughed so hard. Yes, yeah, Stu was sitting he's in sitting up spot. there, and they're like, "What are you doing? We're always down here." And he's like, "I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know." Like, get the fuck down. down here. Uh, yeah. So they don't know where they're going to get twelve inches of flesh, and then they all look at five because five got his brand new cock, and then five gets pissed because he's like. I'll only have three inches left, which means five is now sporting a 15-inch cock. That's what I had. I'll only have three inches, and that's what I had before. Um, and then he also says, I didn't even get to use it yet, which sucks. But uh, they jump him, and I'm assuming they cut off his dick. So does that mean John Silver's got five dick arm now? <laughs> This is the best storytelling in AEW. Uh, believe it or not, BT's had a history of doing that. You remember when Colt used to, uh, when Kenny used to chase Colt around? Yes, <laughs> yes, I do. That was long-term storytelling. Those were the good times. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we're way past that. Um, segment three. Bucks give Cutler presents, including a protective face mask, so he looks like Horace Grant, um, an elite jacket that says Young Boy in the back, and and also, you're laughing at what happened when they told him to look in the mirror, aren't you? I Brandon reading it backwards in the mirror made me laugh. It really did. Hey, hey Brandon, why don't you look in the mirror and see what it says in the back? And he's like, it says, uh, Gwen, Gnu... Gnui the yelp? 
<laughs> and like, no, you idiot, says young boy. Um, by the way, during this entire segment, Nick is just compelled to repeat the catchphrase I die. What the fuck? from, what was it, Men's Warehouse? Men's Warehouse, before they fired that guy. He's like, you're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. And I'm like, like four times. He said it so many times. And then more at the end. Uh, uh, 100%. If he said it once, it would have been fine. It's like a throwaway line. Dude, don't fucking repeat bad lines. It ruins the fucking sketch. KT wants to confirm that five is Val Venus. No. And I will say no. Five is cooler than Val Venus. Because Val Venus is an idiot. That's true. Um... Segment four. I also laughed. I also laughed at the, at the just the random janitor in the background. Oh yes, just mop, just mop on the floor. So, segment four. This was a very quick segment, but um, Peter Avalon runs into Leva Bates backstage, and it's not awkward at all until Cesar Bernoni shows up and makes it awkward. This is the second time they've done this. Mm-hmm. Peter running into Leva backstage. And Peter looks very distraught when he sees her leave. Yeah. Peter Peter wants that puss. He's always wanted her. And then and then Cesar Bono known. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. There was no there was no bone zone in the first one. But... Awful. Awful, awful, awful. I kind of feel bad for Peter. <laughs> I don't feel bad for Peter because he decides he's going to be a dick to her when Cesar Bononi shows up. Like, as soon as Bononi is around, he's like, oh, uh, hit the bricks, touch. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't really mean to be a dick. <laughs> I miss you. Fuck you. I would be like, I would, if I was her, I would slap him across the face and been like, eat a dick. <laughs> well, I mean, she's not like she's doing anything else right now. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, let's see here. Segment five, Cutler finds Jess Stu by himself in the Dark Order Lounge. Um, Stu says he's been given permission to beat the shit out of Matt Hardy and the Butcher and the Blade. To which Cutler says, did you really get permission? And he's like, well, they didn't tell me I couldn't do that. (laughs) So he starts walking towards uh, the door to go beat the shit out of Matt Hardy and the Butcher and the Blade, and uh, Anna Jay sitting in her spot. Mm-hmm. Except that when Stu turns to look, she vanished. Yeah, he he stops. He's like, "Wait, what?" And turns back around, and she's not there. Whoa. They have fucked with Stu so bad. And Brandon's and like, "Stu is having hallucinations." Dude, you all right? And he's like. I think I'm losing my damn mind, but no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Poor Stu. And then <clears throat> Stu goes down the hallway and he almost sees Anna. We all see Anna walking towards him. We we all see Anna standing there perfectly still waiting for her cue to start walking. That's just true. And then <laughs> Stu's looking at the camera, so he's not looking ahead of him, so Anna takes a right. And Stu walks right past where she took a right, and then Stu's like, what the fuck? And he goes to look back, and who should be standing there but Abaddon? Abaddon. Now, 
I'm very disappointed in them. They're always down for beating a joke into the ground. Stu and Brandon run away, and they don't do the run gimmick. That would have been the perfect time. They already did it. I know, but they've you done can't that do it before. More than once they've done that before. They've done it more than once. I just thought it would have been hilarious because it's Abaddon, and then you're just like, run. Anyway, uh, segment six: Ryzen has a bag of ice this. on his cock. I hate it. He explains Doc Samson wouldn't help him because. <laughs> Is that the, okay? So that Doc doctor, Sam- wait, 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 wait. That Here, Doc Sampson was the best actor in this entire segment. Yes, but is Doc Sampson was he legit? Uh, you know, trainer doctor in the WWE. I don't know. I feel like he he was, and I think that's like why he knows cold and stuff. But I'm wondering if he's the same guy that Punk said. Didn't help him when he got concussed in the Royal Rumble. Uh, well, this article from July 26th of 2019 is titled "Former WWE Doctor Working for AEW." Yeah, is uh, that the guy? Is that the guy that Punk was know. like, "Hey, Doc, I think I have a concussion," and the doctor was just like, "I don't know what you want me to tell you, man." Uh, Samson worked as a WB ringside doctor for years and was the man who saved Hall of Famer Jerry Lawler when he had the heart attack on Raw in 2012. Okay. Well, it's, that's all this thing. Then it wasn't, then it's not the same guy, because there was a guy who sued WWE based on what Punk said about him. Oh, what the fuck was that guy's name? Anon? Somebody, somebody will text us. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, not the same guy. Not as funny. But, um... Yeah, okay. So... Uh, like I said, Doc Samson's like, no, nah, I'm going to fucking help you. So then he goes to see another doctor, and everybody assumes it's... Chris, Chris Amon. Chris Amon. That was his name. Um, everybody assumes that it's Dr. Britt Baker. DMD. But no, it was um, Dr. Luther. Luther does help Things him. Just go from bad to worse. Luther helps him, but only for a moment because Luther was very busy looking into the corner. He gave him Tic Tacs. Also, Ryzen has new ideas on how to steal stuff. Two for you and three for me. Segment number seven: The Bucks are hanging at a hotel with the Good Brothers. Uh, Matt accidentally sends pics of his bank account balance. He brags that it has eight figures while Gallows does Howard Finkel impressions. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. This, the, okay, the start of this segment, before we get to the next thing that you're about to talk about, was just them sitting around being human. They weren't playing characters. And I enjoyed that. I, I thought it was I, I I got a laugh out of the fact that they had their takeout food, but they didn't get utensils. So he's trying to eat his rice with the lid of the takeout container somehow. And how and you could tell that he was honestly embarrassed about accidentally sending a screenshot of his bank balance to to Trent and Luchasaurus, whoever it was. Right. But then then they done went and f- fucked it all up. <clears throat> 
excuse me. Yes, because we go from that to the Bucks and Cutler are back home in SoCal, and they hand Cutler a shopping bag that he calls a trash bag, even though we see it has some brand on it, like a like a restaurant like name, but whatever. Um, and then Cutler sweeps glass back in Jacksonville, so. They desperately needed to reference the Mickey James thing on this week's episode, right? Fucking had to get it in there. Because that's... Oh, man, the internet's going to be... This is going to be hilarious. (laughs) We're going to get them so good. See, here's the thing. I, I bet you anything the stands ate this up. I bet you they were laughing and fucking laughing. I don't even mind the dig, but it's not funny to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you want to take shots at Triple H or Johnny Laronitis or fucking Vince himself, go for it. There's so much stuff that you can make fun of them about. But, like, this wasn't funny. So, it didn't, like, I don't know, didn't fucking pop me. I thought it was just stupid that they would... If you're gonna do it, make make it fucking funny at least. Like, but it wasn't. So, yeah, that was uh, being the elite this week. Wait, not that I'm overly stressing this, but is Matt Hardy taking time off because his father passed away? Probably. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not hating it. Like, on some uh, human shit, obviously, I feel bad for Matt Hardy. You know what I mean? Um, but just, I'm just not missing the character, so. But anyway, what are you looking up? You got that look on your face. I was just looking at the comments on the 411 Mania recap of BTE. Um, and most of what I'm seeing are people saying that it was a, it was a dumb thing, so. Oh, okay. Uh, my personal my personal favorite is uh, kind of rich considering all their costumes are made from trash bags. Oh, <laughs> but that's yeah, mostly. Uh... Uh, of course, the Bucks are going to go all in with the trash bag thing. You just knew it; you could see it a mile away. It's actually getting to a point where really the only reason I'm enjoying BTE is for the Dark Order stuff. <gasps> Might as well call it BTDO. You're stealing our gimmick there, Ryan. Yeah, but you see that—that's the consensus from a lot of people. A lot of people, uh, man, are just like this. Seems that AEW can't go a single show without uh, having a direct pop or available pop at WWE. This is true. So, and this person said, "Are you new to being the elite?" Because they were doing this stuff long before AEW was even a thing. I know they were taking uh, shots at WWE. Look, I get it. I know they were taking shots at WWE since the beginning. That's kind of the gimmick. <laughs> Gotta say, I would enjoy AEW and Revel and its success a lot more if the Bucks weren't a part of it. <laughs> oh. Anyway. The Bucks get a lot of hate, man. They always have, though. They always have. Not just since AEW. I mean, you, you think back about four years ago, how many people were like, ugh, a Bucks match. Fast forward. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Did you ever see the box in ROH? Uh, no. 
Stater Brothers Markets is what the is what the bag said. Yeah, a food place or some type of fucking shop. Privately held supermarket chain based in San Bernardino, California. 171 stores located throughout Southern California. So it's just a, it's a California Shaw's is what it is. It's Star Market, but over there. <sighs> star yeah, Market anyway. is Shaw's, but anyway, they don't. It need, is now. Yeah, they don't have Star Markets anymore. They used to have star Super. Super Superstar Market. They did. They used to have Superstar Market. Yeah, back when, uh, back in college, real back college. when Market Basket was Damula's. Market Bucket. Uh, back in back in real college, it was a it was a star market over by the uh, the, the the landmark building. Yep, and uh, that's still there. That one's still there. That's still a star market. Yeah. No, it might not be since the pandemic, but it was as recently as 2019. I know that gas station closed. That gas station, yes. we uh, we filmed some vignettes in for a certain uh, video that was really a bad idea, if you think about it. But anyways. That's eh, college. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall I move on? Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot to beat Steve this week. No. The best part of the best part about it was them taking our idea for Stu. <laughs> Yeah, I I, I sit, did enjoy. Yeah, I, well that, but I did enjoy just the stuff with Stu, where he keeps like seeing Anna. I did enjoy that. I am an idiot. Okay. Also, like I said, I I, I chuckled at the the run gimmick at the beginning because it was kind of funny. <laughs> because they're like jogging through the fucking parking lot. <laughs> Uh, I'm oh I'm two weeks in a row where I, where I messed up my notes, uh, but this time it was not. I didn't do the same thing I did last week. This time I started I, I started Dynamite a few minutes late. Okay. I was like it's okay. I'll go back and watch the beginning, uh, and watch the first match, and then I didn't. But uh, I caught the end of it. But anyway, <laughs> I got my other notes. Look look look! I'm dumb. Okay. Yeah, but. <clears throat> But you fucking missed half my material. I had jokes. I had fucking jokes based on your recap that now you don't have. <laughs> Whatever. Just fucking read the recap. All right. We start with the opening video. We are not live at all from Jacksonville. Uh, and we start with Paige. Cage. Rage. Near the stage. Taz, of course, joins commentary for this. Of course. And um, as, you know, uh, Hangman comes out, he gets fucking jumped. Mm-hmm. We get a beatdown. We, we get a full-on schmoz. <clears throat> now, here's what you didn't hear, though. And um, this goes. This is kind of the thread throughout the beginning of the match, is JR is so disappointed that Taz would resort to those type of tactics. Taz is... Really? Taz is justified. No, I'm being serious. He was like, come on, Taz, you can't condone this. And he's like, condone this? I set it up. (laughs) Yeah. And then... Oh, yeah, two Taz attacks. Okay, no, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'll I'll jump in after. Team Taz attacks Paige. The Dark Order comes out to make the save. 
ever all the all the officials come out come out. I'm sure Jerry Lynn was there. Uh, Cage power bombs Hangman on the stage. Ouchies. Then throws Page in the ring and yells for the bell. Yeah, Ring now, so that's uh, that's important because they keep talking about the power bomb on the stage. But go ahead. Uh, so we, we start. Uh, they do. They do start the match. Um, Cage starts in with some stomps in the corner. He, he uh, removes Page's vest so he can chop his chest. Uh, he starts working the arm. It's a belly to belly. Sends him into the corner. Shoulder uh, uppercut, high kick, German two count. Uh, he throws Page into the barricade on the outside. He sends Page to the barricade again. He rolls him back to the ring. Wait, 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 wait. All mm-hmm. right. So when he sends him uh, into the barricade on the outside, they're still talking about, you know, Page getting jumped, right? And JR <laughs> says, um, Taz, I got to wonder, though. I mean, isn't, isn't the machine Brian Cage talented enough to not resort to those tactics? And... <laughs> Taz, and I'll give Taz credit, he responds with, you know something, I'm really disappointed in all three of you. Okay? No one's <laughs> giving me credit for the for the plan that I put together, that me and my team came up with, the strategy. No one's giving me credit. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> and Shivani's like, you I know still- what? He's right. Plan works. <laughs> I still love that your JR sounds more and more like Dusty every week. Uh, Cage does the curls and the fallaway slam, which is always a impressive spot. Uh, goes for a standing moonsault. Page gets his knees up. Uh, Page goes to the apron. He kicks. Goes for another. But Cage uh, grabs him and uh, takes his head off the rope for the suplex. That's a two count. Uh, Cage misses a spinning clothesline. Gets sent over the top of the floor. Uh, Page flies but gets caught. Uh, he tries to send Page into the barricade, but Page drops out and sends Cage into the ring post. Okay. When when Adam when Hangman did the the slingshot plancha over the top rope, right? Mm-hmm. Cage caught him like I'm not kidding you, like a football. It was like easy for him. <laughs> I was like, damn, that was actually kind of impressive because he didn't even look like he tried. <laughs> Page hits his moonsault all of Charlotte's onto Cage. That was also really nice. Uh, it usually is, yeah. Uh, Page tries for the buckshot, but gets caught. Uh, with a fucking F5. Dude, he came in with a buckshot, and, and um, Cage ducked, picked him up in a fireman's carry, and hit a fucking F5. Uh, he hits a clothesline, tries for a pin, he grabs Page, and it's a powerbomb, then a buckle bomb. He calls for the drill claw. He hits the drill claw, and Brian Cage pins Adam Page for three. Which, of course, means that Brian Cage is now the number one contender of the AEW Heavyweight Championship. Except for Because that's how it works in AEW. Except for Because that's how it works in AEW. Because that's how it works in AEW. You know they just released the rankings today, right? Just ask for Baker. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Tony's call was really nice here because Shivani went, um, I hit someone with a drill claw. One, two, three! Three! He pinned yes. him with the drill claw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I like that because you don't usually see that uh, where, I mean, I, I hesitate to call this an upset. No, I wait. They they did, but, but I don't think that's fair. <laughs> 
Brian Cage won, but Team Taz sucks ass. <laughs> the thing is, though, and Excalibur was sure to mention it. It's right afterwards. Because um, Taz was putting over like, oh, you know, this is huge for Team Taz. This is huge for Brian Cage. We just beat the number one man in the company. And Excalibur was very quick to be like, but you have to wonder if it wasn't for that power bomb at the st- at the start of this match on the stage, would we have had the same result? And I'm like, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Please, we have to protect Adam Page. But you didn't, because you made him... <sighs> I don't mind this, because, it, you, like you said, you don't see it often. I really like the match. And, um... Look, Hangman's story, let's be honest here, he doesn't win the big one. He doesn't beat Jericho in that match for the number one contendership. He doesn't beat Kenny in the Eliminator tournament in the finals. It's just sad cowboy fucking story. (laughs) Someday it will be really good when he gets the big one. Someday. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and I apologize for for not going back to write the notes for that. Nice. Uh, I I did see the see the end of it the last uh, probably the last couple of minutes because I, I came in at like eight oh four, but yeah, it was only like a five minute match. But um, yeah, apparently that that power bomb on the ramp at the beginning had a, a big uh, big things to do with the outcome. The only problem with that is that <laughs> Paige never. Sold throughout the match, like, oh, my back, I can't fucking walk. No, he was doing moonsaults off the top. He was, true, you know, so it wasn't like, that wasn't the story they told, was that, like, he was so crippled. That's why Brian Cage was just, like, easy pickings, you know what I mean? Um, From there, we go to Matt Jackson beckoning the camera into a limo. Uh, Don Callis introduces everyone to us, uh, and <laughs> And then covers for this being a taped episode and Kenny not having the Impact Championship on hand by saying that Omega has so many belts now they had to rent a separate car for them. Right, but car- the way he made it sound was like, we, the elite, have so many belts, but then the Young Bucks have their belts. The Bucks their are their belts. <laughs> and the Good Brothers don't have belts. Carl uh, Anderson, speaking of the Good Brothers, is pamphlet. No reason given, just uh, pantsless. No, but it is pointed uh, Omega, out by Don Callis, so... Of course it is. Uh, Omega is mad that Moxley and Kingston tried to murder them last week, but they failed, so things will continue as they have been. Uh, Gallows licks his arm for an uncomfortable amount of time. Omega says they're not scared, which leads to Nakazawa blowing the horn of the limo, which causes chaos. <laughs> I laughed uh, at I that. Did that. I, I did chuckle at not- that. <laughs> Uh, Nakazawa apologizes, and then Eddie uh, or Kenny basically throws Nakazawa to the wolves. I do like that, though, because they he fucking did, we hear the horn because they're like, "We're not scared of you, John. We're not scared of you, Eddie. We're not scared of anything." And then he blows the horn. And they're like, "Ah, ah let's alive!" <laughs> and then he's like, "Ah, oh, I pressed the wrong button." And they're like, "What the fuck, dude?" Uh, tonight the Bucks face the side owls, and that's next. I actually enjoyed this Kenny promo because he's a uh, he's a fast talking son of a bitch when he wants to be, <laughs> and he was he was you know before the horn blew, but <laughs> no, it was good, it was decent, dude. Again, 
and I, I know I've said this before, but we're, you know, we're fucking old, so we remember this shit. The fucking Jackal is heading the most powerful faction in wrestling in 20, in AEW, in 2021. The Jackal. <laughs> and I thought he was Jericho's best friend. They haven't even fucking spoke to each other since since they've been in this company. Like shoot, best friend. I think I I, I heard that Don Callis is Jericho's like real life inner circle. But anyway, it's a Winnipeg like thing, was, I that guess. Was, that was I feel like that was mentioned the first time Callis showed up for commentary. Because because it was commentary on a Chris Jericho match, but okay. that was the only time those two have ever interacted. So yeah, now it's it's it was train. it was brief. So, um, but I guess there's always a story there if they want it to be. Um, okay, match number two: the Young Bucks versus the Seidel brothers. Before we begin match number two, I would like to point out, Adam, that whatever you're doing, make sure you do it carefully, because you're getting very glitchy right now. I'm just saying, you're you're starting to get a little um, money for nothing, chicks for free video, music video going on here. You ever seen that video? No? Okay. It's pixelating. Anyway. We begin with ex- final man. Okay, fine, whatever. Yeah, see how the uh, see how the VOD comes out on your Twitch channel. We begin with Excalibur lying to us and telling us that the Seidel brothers have become one of the elite tag teams in AEW. Yeah, okay. Since when? Uh, the Bucks come out with their very own Seth Rollins jackets with stupid fuzzy hats to match. Uh, streamers go off, and Bitch Boy Cutler pulls them out of the ring. Matt Jackson... While, while they yell at him. Yes, while they all yell at him. Matt, Jazz, Matt Jackson starts off with Mike Seidel. They chain gang until Mike hits a standing moonsault on Matt, and Matt gets pissy and tags out. Mike Seidel sucks. He doesn't suck. He sucks. He doesn't suck as much as Colton Gunn. Well, <laughs> more on that later. Like all of this was just the the same thing I usually complain about. Move, 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 move. Except even the, the, the even the transitions between the moves, which weren't weren't good either. So it's just Nick Jackson or Matt Jackson laying around waiting for. Uh, waiting for the standing moonsault, and then waiting for whatever the next thing was. I'm like, okay, just smooth, no. please. No, no, no. You, it to be to their credit, it would get smooth when Mike Seidel was on the ring. Um, sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So speaking of the Seidels, Nick gets flipped around by both Seidels and gets double teamed. Matt Jackson tries to help with a double clothesline, but both brothers uh, duck and hit stereo drop kicks. Because that's what good guys do when they're on a tag team. Uh, to send Matt Jackson to the outside. Nick tags in Matt Jack. I keep saying Matt Jackson because I don't want it. too many Matts. <clears throat> Nick tags in Matt Jackson, but Matt Seidel doesn't see it. And, it's uh, Nick and Matt and Matt and Mike. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Seidel lifts up Nick like in a 
you know, like a back suplex. Um, and, and Nick reaches behind him and tags in Matt Jackson. And because Seidel's an idiot, doesn't hear the tag, even though his fucking head's right there, uh, ja- uh, Jackson is able to come in the ring and super kick Seidel's face off. Uh, he then easily clotheslines down Mike Seidel because Mike sucks. He just, like, put his arm out and was like, Poof. And Seidel hit the fucking mat like a ton of bricks. Um, then Matt Jackson decides to do his best uh, Michael P.S. Hayes impression. The little shoulder shimmy stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's what JR called it. Back from break, and Matt Jackson uses a little twin magic. Uh, and then doesn't even try hiding it from Rick Knox. He just kips up. Mind you, Rick Knox then yells at Matt Jackson for not being Nick. But does fuck all nothing about it. (laughs) Doesn't make him trade places. He's like, hey, you didn't... I can read his fucking lips. You didn't fucking tag. He didn't say fucking, but whatever. You didn't tag. You're not Nick. Oh, well. (laughs) (sighs) Damn it. What the fuck? And then the whole time JR's like, well, if he pins him, he's not even the legal man. So, I mean, <laughs> doesn't really fucking matter, does it? Uh... Oh, I said, even the commentators are stunned. Shivani and Excalibur are like, Rick Knox, Rick, Rick Knox, I know you saw him. <laughs> uh, the man formerly known as Evan Bourne comes in and cleans house. We get more flippy shit offense, and then the Seidel's hit Stereo Meteoras on Matt Jackson. Uh, they go for the cover, but Nick breaks it up. Uh, Evan Bourne continues to roll on offense, including the move we all love so much, the dreaded Hurricanrana by one man on two people. Fucking hate um, that move. Fuck you, and fuck your double Hurricanrana. <laughs> Uh, Matt, Matt Seidel then has Nick, I'm sorry, no, has Matt Jackson perched on the top turnbuckle and goes for a top rope her and Karana, but Matt Jackson ducks underneath and Seidel lands nuts first on the top turnbuckle. He sells it as a knee, but I think he landed on his fucking nuts. Speaking of nuts, behind Rick Knox's back, not that it would have fucking mattered, uh, Seidel raid and punches Mike's, no. Matt Jackson raid and punches Mike Seidel on the balls. He did. He did the split and the nut shot. Matt Seidel punches his brother because he sucks so bad. Uh, BT trigger on Mike Seidel, which looked fucking stiff. And Bucks win, LOL. Did we get half Bucks during a Bucks match? Yeah. I told you, dude. They don't fucking care. It's just wherever the network wants to do it. A lot of half Bucks. Um, I mean, yeah, this was, there, there was no reason for this match to, to, to occur. This was, uh, just a bunch of nothing. Um, my, my chief complaint, and I mentioned this in the, uh, in the text chain, I know this isn't the live episode. I know this is, this is, was recorded last Thursday, but for fuck's sake, Tony or 
Cody or whoever's in charge of editing this bullshit, can you at least try for continuity with the goddamn daylight? Funny you mentioned that. <laughs> Brian, because Cage versus Page looked like it was filmed at fucking 4 p.m. This match was pitch black out. <laughs> and I checked, y'all. This is how much of a fucking uh, stickler, anal retentive, whatever you want to call it, nerd that I am. I googled Jacksonville, Florida live webcams. It was 8.22 p.m., and it wasn't dark yet in Jacksonville. <laughs> and it was pitch fuck black on Dynamite. <laughs> uh, KT says, appreciate the Mortal Kombat references lately. New day with the MK gear. Young Bucks going full Johnny Cage nut punch. Yes, it was Johnny That's Cage. Johnny Cage. I'm sorry. Punch. It's been a while since I played Mortal Kombat 1. <laughs> Raiden's the one who flies across the screen and goes, fatty boobalati. Yeah, <laughs> he said something like that. Um... Okay, the Bucks immediately get ice packs and their tag titles just thrust upon them. Um, speaking of immediately, this is, we're going to talk about something late at the end of this episode, um, at the end of this Dynamite episode for next week, but I'll save it. Uh, so like I said, speaking of immediately, SCU come out to remind everyone that they made a promise to break up the next time they lose. Thanks for reminding us. They claim that since they made that promise, they've been undefeated. I mean, they can tell me that. They've had matches. (laughs) They can tell me that, but I haven't seen them wrestle on Dynamite for four months. So for 90% of the people who are watching Dynamite, we're not watching the fucking crappy YouTube shows. (laughs) So I guess I'll take their word for it. I mean, they could be lying. I don't know. I don't watch fucking Darks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Frankie and them makes fun of their wardrobe and claims that they are the biggest threat to the tag team titles. I mean, they are former champions, but they sure don't feel like it. Because uh, and Daniels aren't. Technically, SCU was. But that was, it was Kazarian and Scorpio. Yeah, that's true. They did not free bird that title. Okay, Kazarian uh, has a reason to be. He says also SCU like an old AF. Yes. Uh-huh. That's well, that's true. Um, Frankie, yeah, okay. So Daniels goes off about losing his friends. Who fucking cares? Literally, what I wrote. Who fucking cares? Can we just and then my next note? Can we just fast forward to the part where the Bucks cheat to defeat them and cause the breakup of a team that has been together for fifteen years? And that, and that nobody will really care about once they break up. But you know that's where we're headed, right? So that the Bucks can brag and be all heels and be like, ha, fuck you, little tag team. Yeah. Um, or we've, we've, or had the, we've had this discussion before. What if I had mentioned? What if Frankie turns on Daniels and joins the elite? <laughs> <laughs> we, we have had this discussion before. Or, uh, and uh, and I had said uh, previously that no, I see I see the uh, SCU taking the titles off the Bucks, and then when they lose the titles, that's when they have to break up. Yeah, no. Okay. No. Thank you. No. <laughs> Told you. Not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. No. <sighs> oh. All right. When we come back. Excuse me. Excuse me. My last note. Uh, Daniel says assholes to end the promo. 
Assholes. Also, and I thought this was my segment, so I'll take it. Uh, back from break, we get a redo of the Jade promo from last week. This time, we've upped the picnic table clothing. Uh, but oh, the yeah. message remains. I forgot, I, forgot there was a, I forgot there was a Jade thing. Yes, but the message remains the same. No one gets a cut or percentage of her money. Fuck that. She's that bitch. Tony calls her the hottest free agent in wrestling. So she's going to sign with NXT? Right. Exactly <laughs> what went through my head. She's not a fucking free agent. She's signed to AEW. <sighs> Dumbass. To be fair, that was a big thing when when Macho Man Randy Savage first came into the WWF back in the fucking 80s. And he was referred to as a free agent and which manager was going to sign him. That was a thing that happened. I know. Well, isn't it though? We have Sting, we have Shivani, we have fucking Jericho. <laughs> Tony Khan wants it to be the '80s because that's when he wrote all these fucking ideas down. But... <laughs> oh my god, it's his fucking little journal from when he was a kid. <laughs> he used to watch fucking NWA Power Up. No, no, not Power. That's that's nowadays. Um, Mid Atlantic or whatever the fuck. See, he's in his room playing with his action figures. And then Sting. And then and then Jake Roberts. And then they fight. And they fight. And they fight. <laughs> All right, when we come back from break, enter Orange Cassidy accompanied by Trent. And you know it's official because Justin Roberts said it like that. Which Chucky? Uh, uh, he's taking on Penta accompanied by Alex Abrahantes JR calls Alex a nerd and we go to a golden box uh, Alex says that Penta says the same joke Jericho made when he was feuding with Orange months ago what the fuck was Pentagon wearing on his entrance it wasn't gear. Batman this week no it was like Shredder or some weird insect beetle thing because <laughs> it was like the back looked like the Shredder helmet, but then the front looked like antennas. Ah, oh. uh, uh, the bell rings. Orange wants pockets. Penta blocks po pockets. Does Sierra Miedo. Orange wants pockets. Penta blocks pockets. Does Sierra Miedo. Orange wants pockets. Penta blocks pockets. This time he throws the glove. Does Sarah Miedo. Can we fucking do something? Oh, I thought you would have enjoyed this. No. You love pockets. Not fucking four times in a row. <laughs> yeah, I got annoyed, dude. I'm not gonna lie. Fucking sh <sighs> Anyway, Orange tosses his glasses towards Trent. Trent catches them right out of midair. Who are you kidding? No. <laughs> he does not. Um, well, that was because uh, Alex Abrantes caught the glove. And fell off the air. <laughs> like, like a dumbass. Uh, so, Trent, so he tosses his glasses. He does pockets. We get lazy kicks. We do the things. Then Cassidy wants a beach break, but it's blocked. Tilda World backbreaker by Penta. Quite nice. It's a good backbreaker. I liked it. 
Okay, he says, remember when Panta was booked as a badass heel that broke people's arms? Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> and yes, uh, fuck I do I? remember. Uh, back, <laughs> yeah. Backed into a corner, Orange reverses the Irish whip. He drops off the shoulders. Penta bites Orange's thumb and gets crucifixed for two. Orange tries to dive but gets caught and dumped to the apron into box. We go. Uh, when we return, Penta whips Orange across, hits an enzigiri. Penta gawks at Trent on the outside, then whips Cassidy across and hits another enzigiri. Uh, fuck you, Excalibur. I don't care what you call it. Uh, Penta makes sure Orange's heart is still beating, then whips him across again. <laughs> Did you catch that? Yes. What the fuck was that? He lays. I'm just going to lay my ear on your chest for a second. <laughs> okay, we're good. <clears throat> Uh, there it is. Lost my spot. Uh, Orange hops to the apron, hits a diving cross body. He wants the swinging DDT, but it's blocked. Uh, Penta turns this into a brain buster, which may have been a suplex given the past couple of weeks, but I wasn't looking at the screen when it happened, so I'm going to trust him this time for some reason. <laughs> it's never hurt me in the past. Uh, Orange Orange is up, and my Comcast feed freezes. It comes back just in time to see Orange kick out of something. Uh, Penta wants to break Orange's arm, and we seesaw out of pockets. Uh, they trade thrust kicks, then Penta hits two more. Destroyer by Penta, he wants the package pile driver, but he wants to get your beach break, but he doesn't apply the pin correctly, and one of Penta's shoulders is up. Okay, and Remsburg does not continue counting, and I will give him all the credit in the world for that, because as dumb as Rick Knox was in, earlier, <laughs> you know, and, and it was fucking Cassidy's fault. He pulled him too much on the cover. So that he completely mm-hmm. lifted Penta's shoulder off the mat, but I'll give Remsburg credit because he was like, "Nah, dude, not even, not even in this company am I counting that." Like, <laughs> I can't even fake that one. Nah, dude, no, no, there's no shoulder down, no. <laughs> uh, Penta with a series of strikes. He stomps on Orange in the corner, off the ropes for a basement thrust kick. Uh, he picks up Orange's limp body, but Cassidy turns the suplex into a stun dog. Orange heads to the top. Someone fucks up the diving DDT. Not sure which one it was. Uh, then Orange hits the spinning DDT, and that gets a two. This is Alex's cue to hop on the ramp. Uh, Alex yammers again. Orange tosses him into the ring. Orange stalks Alex, gets kicked in the gut time because out. he stops time paying out. attention. Time out, time out, time out. Um, I stopped. You don't have to say it four times. <laughs> so when Alex Abrahantes gets thrown into the ring, all right, he takes the bump in absolute perfect form. You know, where instead of laying uh, and hitting flat on your back, you try to get your legs under you? That's a great way to fucking break your leg. <sighs> uh, orange stalks Alex, gets kicked in the gut. He drops out of the package pile driver again. Trant hands Orange the mic. He hits the orange punch with the microphone and pins Penta for three. How do you feel about that? I mean, I get it was a call back to last week, but it's still stupid. I don't like Orange Cassidy pinning Penta. I don't like the fact that Orange Cassidy is, what, the number two rated person in in the rankings. Um, and I like you said, I get it that it was a callback, and it's kind of a Bronte's fault because he's the one, you know got on the ring apron and all that other shit, and then Trent was just evening the odds. Like, I do get all that. It's just, nah. Nah, don't, don't sell me that fucking shit. Like, <laughs> like KT said, this dude used to be a fucking killer. 
And now, and now he gets like, oh, microphone shot, ding! Get the fuck out of here! That no, it wasn't a bell. It wasn't the ring bell. Oh, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's always gonna make that noise when the microphone shot hits it. Something like that. I can't do it on mine. It doesn't work. I'm not gonna do it on mine. Um, it goes. Thump. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Fucking Pentagon loses to Orange Cassidy. Ugh. Earlier today, Tony talked to Britt Baker and Rebel. Britt says she never lies. She's at the top of the rankings. She mocks the rankings again and says it's time to remind the world why she's the face of the women's division. Uh, she also says she'd a later, which is clever. I think it's hilarious that Tony Schiavone is not only a groupie for Britt Baker, but he's totally okay <laughs> with it. Yeah. I do. Put up, put, put up the one. Put up the one. Do it, Tony. <laughs> but no, I pop. I popped for Rashida later. That was good. That was that was a good line. Uh, that from there we go to Tony in the ring to talk about blood and guts next week. Uh, tonight we determine which team will have the advantage via parlay. Uh, okay, sure. Enter security. Enter the pinnacle. Uh, the inner circle enter on motorcycles. We get karaoke and no, Tony no, asks. No, 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 no. The inner circle entered and their personal security was on motorcycles. And oh. those people, like, wrote. I don't get what the point of the security was other <laughs> than for Jericho to be like, haha, my security's bigger dudes than yours. Because, like, MJFs were, like, the your classic, like, security, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know... Your, your, your local talents in black... Exactly. But Jericho's security was, like, you know, the fucking bouncers you see or, or the bodyguards you see at, like, a rock concert. And they were, like, all, like, jacked-up biker dudes and shit. But what... But it's not like they stood in the ring across from everybody and kept everybody separate. No, so they, they they, they stood, what the fuck was the thing. point of them, then? Why even bring them out? <laughs> KT, KT says two mic shots in two weeks. Can Kennedy confirmed? <clears throat> You're not kidding. Um, yeah, okay, so Tony asks for decorum. Tony tells us the rules. For, for blood and guts, which are the same as ever. Two start every two minutes, another enters. Once all ten are in, it's submission or surrender. Tony says there's going to be a coin toss, which is obviously the most entertaining way to determine which team has the advantage. Uh, Spears smacks the coin out of Tony's hand and says there's not going to be a goddamn coin toss because the Pinnacle have the advantage because they were the ones that were challenged. Makes sense. Uh, Spears talks shit to Sammy, so Sammy reminds him how shit he's been in AEW and WWE. Sammy then grants Pinnacle the advantage and says he'll start and fight them all. That was fine. Hmm? That was fine. I didn't mind Sammy saying, like, I'll start the match. But my issue of was a little bit of, first of all, Spears is like, we deserve to have the advantage because we're the bad guys. <laughs> that was my first problem. My second problem, every fucking B-horror movie from the 80s has this line where there's like a demon or a monster and he's like chasing somebody and he gets he, he like gets them like 
almost gets them or whatever, or like backs them into a corner, and every single one of them goes, look at me! And that's exactly what Spears did to to Sammy. He just, mid-promo, he just went, look at me! And I'm like, ugh! All right, Freddy, take it down a notch. <laughs> so fucking cheesy. Uh, but what do you think? What are your thoughts on Sammy just going, all right, you can have an advantage? I don't like it at all. And that, and that being the way we determined it. I, I, like, what the, the fuck? No, I don't like it at all. That's why I was like, we just, you know, making fun of the whole thing. Like, we deserve to have the advantage because why? Because you're the bad guys, and the bad guys always have the advantage? I mean, I see spirit. I mean, this, the. This has been a dumb way to do this from the start with Tony saying we're going to determine the advantage via parlay, which isn't a thing, uh, and then says there's going to be a coin toss. It's professional goddamn wrestling. I don't care that the heels have always have the advantage. It's war games. Of course the heels have the advantage, but you do a fucking match. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was thinking the same fucking thing the whole fucking time. And I and I said this earlier. Um, I was saying to somebody that, you know, I thought we were going to get more one-on-one matches from this feud, like Wardlow versus Hager, Sammy versus uh, Spears, etc. Um, dude, even give me, give me Ortiz versus Cash. Winner gets the advantage. I'll take it, man. I know both those guys can work. Yeah. If you want to do it a different way, have all ten men face off in singles matches, and then the team that wins the most matches gets the advantage, as opposed to just doing, like, Spears versus Sammy, winner gets advantage. But That's don't fine. just go, oh, we're going to do a coin toss, and then not even do a fucking coin toss, because how do you gimmick a coin toss? And And... So Sean Spears go, well, we should have the advantage because you challenged us. And Sammy go, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I did not like that. Not one fucking bit. It it kind of it, it, it kills some of the fucking hype. Yeah, because it's lazy as shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, you could not be bothered to come up with just something a little bit more creative than that. Yeah, okay. Like even if even if you take that one step further and Sammy's like, screw you, you're not getting the advantage, and then like people start to argue, and then like Jericho's like, no, let them have it. They won't be able to use that as an excuse when they lose. Like something, something. <laughs> as opposed to Sammy going, you can have the advantage, but I'm gonna start and I'm gonna beat all of you. Well, Sammy's never been in a war game. How the fuck does he know? He's like 19 years old. <laughs> uh, Cash then asks Santana or Ortiz not to bring their current bullshit to the ring. Dax says next week will shorten lives, but he's not afraid to die. He tells Santana <laughs> and Ortiz to tell their kids they won't be coming home next week, uh, which pisses Santana off. So Santana says he's just says he's going to beat the fuck out of them. Well, I, you know, I'll give them credit. I. Pfft. Talk about my kids. How, about my I kids. didn't think fucking Cash had it in him, or Dax had it in him to fucking go there, but he did. He took it revival style. He went to becoming that 
fucking asshole that you wanted to see Tommaso Ciampa like kick his face in. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. I am fine with that because I like that. Um, that's what I mean. This there were so many little mini feuds I was looking forward to with this with this faction versus faction war, and we're not going to really get any of them unless it continues, which is going to be weird because why would you have it continue? Uh, MJF says this is parlay. Let's act like gentlemen. Er, uh, he th- <laughs> he thanks Chris. He thanks Chris for what he did to put AEW on the map, but then accuses him of taking a spot. But then accuses him of, then says he's carrying the company on his back. I don't think he accused him of taking a spot. He said you took a spot. You're taking a spot. I don't know. Maybe. Um. And actually, no, I did like MJF's approach in this promo because taking it back to Jericho's original persona, like when AEW first started, that was his thing. Remember when he was when he won the title? Like, you people should thank me. I'm the reason you're all here. So, like, I appreciated that from MJF, that he took it back to, to how this all fucking started. I really liked the line where he said, you were the bridge for the lapsed fan to come over here and check out AEW. Because it's true! There were people that were like, Chris Jericho? I remember that guy. Oh, fucking watch. Oh, shit, he got He's fat. still alive. <laughs> now, 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 he's not Marty Jannetty. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong show. Jericho calls MJF prick uh, and then talks about earning spots. Jericho talks about how he's known the inner circle since day one. Uh, Jericho shoehorns a real awkward finishing line in, and we go to the promo image for Blood and Guts. Would you like to to hear my I didn't, my thoughts? I didn't I didn't write down the shoehorn finishing line because I'm I was I'm, I'm sure I'll remember this and I, I don't remember. Oh, thoughts. I got you, buddy. I wrote it down. Okay, good. But before that, I just want to say that um, during MJF's promo, he said you would, you, know, you would think I would know better by now. That's all right. During MJF's promo, he said, um, "You know, we can see it in you, Chris. You're exhausted. You look tired." And I'm like thinking in my mind, I put this in my notes. I'm like, shit, he's not wrong. Jericho looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, it's fucking right. <laughs> but here's the thing. Jericho goes on about, and, it, and it, it's funny. I'm listening to Jericho's promo and I'm thinking this promo works so much better if Sting is cutting it. Huh. Do you know what I mean? Because it's what Sting would say. It's, um, I wrestled in Japan, and I wrestled all over the world, and I was proud to jerk the curtain at WCW because I earned it. I put my work in. I, you know, um, I've wrestled thousands of people and, and legends like Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes and, like, I mean, this is what Sting would say. But what I'm, <laughs> what I'm saying is, like, Jericho was doing the very classic washed-up face promo who's not washed up yet, which is fine. And I didn't even have a what? problem with it. He brought a lot Jericho of... Did a cliche promo? What? Yes. But you know what? It, it was fine. It wasn't atrocious. It, he was making it work until... And, it, and he even finished it originally what I thought he finished it with when he was saying that he was going to... The inner circle were basically, basically going to stomp them into the, a spot on the canvas. And that's the spot they deserve. Right? That, that would have been... Perfect That's for an a ending. Good line. Instead, 
That's a Instead, good line. Instead, he says, you know, the summer of 69 was the summer That's of love. And this summer, the summer of 2021 is the summer of violence and pain for the pinnacle. And summer starts early for you. What kind of stupid stupid. fucking cheesy movie poster Sharknado bullshit was that? (laughs) This year, summer comes early. What the fuck was that? Dude, I'm not kidding you. I was so bad. I was ready to put down, all right, hey, best promo Jericho's cut of months. And then he finished with that line, and I went, you fucking idiot. (laughs) He says, Jericho isn't washed up? What? The summer of 69. Dude, who the? It's 2021. Why are you referencing something that happened fucking 60 years ago? And then also, speaking of shoehorn, this is going to be the summer of violence. And pain and pass. <laughs> that would have been better, actually. It's it's like Jericho. Jericho thought up the the summer of '69, summer of pain thing, and you can tell he thought that. I went, oh, that's perfect. Oh my god! And then, went, and then went, oh shit! It's only May. Uh, well, this year's summer comes early. Oh, my God. <sighs> and all his fucking cronies that he's friends with in the business, like Bully Ray and shit, they're all going to be like, dude, that was the best line. Oh, I love that line. I remember the summer 69. You know what also sounds like old man bullshit? Like for anybody who's like under the age of 25, they're going to be like, the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, Woodstock, brother. <laughs> Jericho and MJF are going to 69. <laughs> I bought my first real six string. Mounted at the final. <sighs> uh, yeah. There, there are certain things they did right in this segment. Like I said, I'm looking forward to Santana Ortiz fighting with um, the Dax and Cash. I'm... I'm Sort of looking forward to what Sammy does to Spears, but and you know, obviously Jericho and uh, I'm not Jericho Hager and Wardlow is going to be a thing. That's fine, but God, that fucking line at the end just was like, huh? <laughs> yeah, like you said, if he had, if he had stopped at grind you into a spot on the mat, and that's the spot. You that's the spot you deserve. You hit that the music. That was a perfect endpoint. What's wrong with that? That—that's that, what I'm saying. Like, why would you? Why did you have to write another line after that? That's the spot you deserve. This whole thing has been about your spot. It would have been perfect. Hey, Jesus, Jericho versus MJF is basically the same as going Kanye versus Kanye. <laughs> uh, then my sound cuts out completely as they promote tonight's card. Uh. Then very very suddenly we cut back to the ring and Michael Nakazawa is sitting in the corner with a laptop and, and Eddie Kingston's music is playing. Yes. They were all over the fucking map tonight with continuity. 
Uh, Eddie says, cut the shit, and demands Kenny come out and fight. Uh, Kenny does appear, says, but says you can't just ask for the champ and get the champ. Uh, he gets the goons. He gets Nakazawa. Nakazawa hits Eddie with a laptop. Eddie fights back, nails the back fist, and threatens to pilmanize Nakazawa's ankle unless Kenny gets in the ring. Kenny tells him to go right ahead. It's only fucking Nakazawa. Who gives a shit? I did like uh, that. <laughs> he was like, you know what? The kid knows what he signed up for. Go ahead. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he say, then he says, we have more goons, and sends out Cutler. <laughs> or tries to. We have tons of goons. Brandon, get out of here. <laughs> uh, John Moxley appears. Kenny gets thrown into the ring, and they put his ankle in the chair. Uh, Eddie demands a match from Callus, who says, whatever you want, we'll make it work, which is probably a mistake. Except Moxley says, they just want a tag match against Kenny and Nakazawa ASAP. That, that's it? That's all you that, Okay. Okay. Callus agrees. Eddie and Moxley leave, and we go to a box. We go to a box for a cue card promo from Sammy. I need to. I need to ask you a question. I need to know who Ma- you think is the bigger idiot in this segment. Is it Kingston? Because he was like, I don't know, John. I got this guy's leg here in a fucking chair. What do we want again? Is he the fucking idiot, or is it Moxley for being like? I want a tag match. I know I totally should want my fucking world title back, and I should use this opportunity <laughs> to force you into a title match, but I want a tag match against you and the guy who's never done anything to me ever. I want, Nak- I want Nakazawa. <clears throat> like, please tell me who's the stupid Said one no here. no one ever. Who's the stupid one? Is it Kingston or Moxley? Or both? Can I vote both? Yeah, sure. They're both because if I'm Kingston, I'm like I want a match for the title. I mean, what the fuck are we doing here? <sighs> idiots, fucking idiots. Also, it, it, at the very least, you could be like, I want Gallows and Anderson because at least that was a thing, right? I want Nakas. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> mm. Although I guess you could look at it like it's a handicap match for Kenny. <laughs> He does. If he does the baby oil bullshit, I quit. Also, where the fuck was the elite? Jerking off. I guess because they were in the same limo that Kenny was in, and Kenny got there pretty quick. And so, like, they're watching from the limo, and they don't come like storming the building. It's only Nakazawa who gives a shit. Well, no, I meant when Kenny got put in the fucking chair. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't know. Uh, we return from half box for a replay of the finish of match one, and Tony is with Taz. Taz then reminds us of the finish of match one and says Cage beating Paige makes Team Taz number one. Uh, he starts to talk about Christian, which brings Christian on screen. Christian says Taz used to be one of the toughest guys around, but these days he can't back up his mouth. Christian says Taz wishes he was him, wishes he could come back like he did, but he's not going to let Taz leech off his new career. He tells Taz to keep sending his minions. He'll pick them off one by one, <clears throat> and they'll all learn that they'd be better off without Taz. Now, trust me when I say that, obviously, Taz and Christian talked beforehand, right? But... This was, um, like, this was kind of fucking heavy for for an AEW storyline. And, and it's true. Like, Taz got 
too injured. Like, he can never fucking wrestle again. He had to have, like, surgery. Kind of like the same shit that happened to Arn Anderson. With the neck and the nerves and all that other stuff. Um, so that's why he can't even take a bump. But, you know, Christian kind of brought all that up. Like, you wish you could come back, but you can't, so you gotta leech off of everybody else. And I was like, shit, that's kind of half true. <laughs> it was just, you know, damn, homie. Didn't expect you to do them like that. <laughs> it's like when Cena used to be like, well, you're a horrible promo. Nobody likes you, Roman. <laughs> damn, dude. You know, put that out there. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Match number four. The alien herself, Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford. Adam, Penelope, and Kip have returned to the All Elite Zone. I'm sure that they were on some island enjoying their honeymoon for weeks away without the use of cell phones or email or anything like that. They're just like vacationing because that's what normal people do after their wedding. You know, usually their friends understand if you don't get back to someone on your honeymoon. <laughs> That's all right. More on that later. Uh, yes, so I'm glad to see Penelope Ford back. Too bad she's only here so she can job. Statlander comes out with Orange Cassidy. The bell rings, and they immediately exchange punches. Statlander hits a beautiful fucking power slam, followed up by a gorilla press slam. Penelope rolls to the outside and grabs Statlander by her ankles to drop her down. Ford then swings the ankles away and forearms Statlander in the face off the rotation. She tries to follow up with diving knees from the corner, but misses. Statlander then fakes a tope, but then just boops Penelope on the nose instead. She tosses Penelope back in the ring as Kip Sabian distracts her, so Penelope can hit a running boot. Now Penelope Ford hits the diving knee drop as we go to box. Half box. That's a half box. I think it was half box. It's like three. It's like three half boxes. After box and both girls are exchanging forearms, but Statlander gains the advantage with a vicious STO. Or, as Excalibur called it, a back leg trip combination! <laughs> you had to get that in there. Statlander falls up with a running European uppercut and then a vicious running knee strike. The alien then hits a kind of blue thunderbomb. And covers, but Penelope kicks out. Chris goes for another knee, but Ford ducks and hits a German suplex. Penelope goes up top and tries for a blockbuster, but doesn't exactly get her arm over Statlander's head and basically backhands her in the face. They almost edited around it. You caught that, though, right? Almost. Fuck. She covers, but Statlander kicks out. Penelope tries a cartwheel into a backspring elbow, but Stat ducks and hits a solar eclipse for a near fall. Statlander tosses Penelope into the ropes and tries a clothesline, but Penelope ducks and hits a spinning roundhouse kick that Statlander sells by falling in the opposite direction. <laughs> she got roundhouse kicked in the back of the head, and then she falls straight back. 
She missed a perfect of it? Okay. Yeah, no, she really did. Uh, this gets a near fall, and Ford tries to follow up with another handspring elbow, but Statlander catches her. It's at this point that Kip jumps up on the apron, but he's immediately pulled down by Cassidy. In the background, I'm not kidding you, we see Statlander hit the Big Bang Theory for the win. They done fu- That was the best fucking camera angle they could get on that. It was like focused on Kip and Orange, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, look, Big Bang Theory. <laughs> oh, the finish. Thoughts? Uh, disappointing. Yeah. But, 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 I am glad to see that Statlander looks healthy. Yeah. The knee looks good. She was moving around. She was fast. She, she didn't look like she was hesitant at all. That's what I like to see. I am glad that she is back a hundred percent. But yeah, that, you know, it, was, it wasn't great. There was a couple things I didn't mind. Like I said, the power slam at the beginning was nice. The gorilla press, um, and I like the the Big Bang Theory. You couldn't see it in this match because it was you know being blocked. But I did like the, that. I do like that move. Uh, after the match, we get a nice little package about ten paying tribute to Brody Lee. It was nice. He's still not winning the fucking title, but it was nice. And uh, then we go on to our fifth match of the evening. Trios time. Factory versus Nightmare Family. The Factory enter on a bus with Cody's stupid neck tattoo on the side of it. So did did they steal it from Cody? I'm confused. That that neck tattoo you realized was his symbol before it was a tattoo, right? Doesn't matter. <laughs> so it's, it's QT, Nick Camerato, and Aaron Solo versus Billy Gunn, Dustin Rhodes, and Lee Johnson. What's uh, Billy Gunn wearing? Ring. Okay, hang on. Uh, the family storm the ring, the factory uh, bail, and for the first time I can remember, they follow them to the floor to beat the fuck out of them. Finally. <laughs> Why has that not happened before? Uh, the match begins with Camarado and Gunn in the ring. Gunn's entire midsection is taped. It looks kind of stupid. And one punch shattered eight ribs. Camarado <laughs> right. uh, focuses on the taped tum-tum, locking onto a scintillating bear hug. Uh, Gunn boxes the ears, avoids the charge. Excuse me, I think you mean the dreaded bear hug. Scintillating. Uh, and tags in Dustin. Camarado drops Dustin, rolls into the floor, tags QT, and we go to box. Uh, we return, and it is still Dustin and QT, but they both immediately tag out to Lee Johnson and Aaron Solo. Uh, Johnson cleans house, hits a nice neck breaker on Solo, then runs all the way across the ring to chop Solo in the chest. That was needless. Uh, Blue Thunder Bomb that never pins anyone doesn't pin Solo because Camarado breaks up the pin. Johnson low bridges Camarado. QT comes in and gets dumped. Johnson with a corkscrew tope on QT and Camarado. Then he gets tummy punched by a go-go, as does Billy Gunn. Uh, QT comes in, pins Lee, and that's the end of that. So that's... Fucking tummy punch. Huh. This whole fucking match was pointless. Yeah, yeah. The fuck do I give a shit about Billy Gunn and fucking Dustin and QT? Like, this needs to be a dark feud. Yeah. 
Uh, after the match, Camarado nails him with the cowbell, and they leave. Oh, look, crazy. Austin and Colton attack QT, who trails behind for no reason. So uh, when well, Camarado reappears... Technically, Austin attacks QT, and Colton, Colton, had a drop kick. Colton just stands there, and then Austin sets up QT, who's kind enough to also stand there, so Colton can hype himself up and hit his drop kick. Look, Ma! <laughs> Daddy, I did a move. Ugh. Daddy, fucking Daddy, I dropped drop kick. Daddy, I drop kick. Do you love me now? <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Solo and Camarado reappear. QT fucks off to the bus, but Cody's in the bus. Hold I on, wrote that I wrote that before it happened. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. So. <laughs> so. Yes, let's bitch, because this was stupid. Okay. We watch QT walk up to the bus. First of all, we watch okay. QT back up from the the ringside area all the way up to where, like, you know, Dax likes to drive the truck to, right? Yeah. And at that point, you know where he's going, and you're like, Ugh. They would have cut the shot off of him a long time ago if we didn't know it was coming. So then, when we get so, the, when we get the bus in in the camera shot, Cody's not hiding. No, we can see Cody. Cody is standing in the door, and he's just, just standing like, there. And he's not standing there looking mad because if you're gonna stand there, at least sell it like you want to kill somebody. You know what I mean? No, he's literally standing there waiting for his cue. The Phantom of the Motor Bus is there. <laughs> and even Shivani, who can't fucking hide well, it, it at gets, that point. You can't, it gets to a point where it is so obvious that that sh- they have to say something. So Shivani says, hey, it looks familiar. Hey, I see or someone there. Someone standing there. It's Cody. Cody is wearing the awful satin jacket that you can buy on AEW shop for like $150 or whatever. And he beats the shit out of QT. The, uh, the wrestlers from ringside head out to the bus to try and make this seem interesting. And then we get replays, uh, after replays, they're on top of the bus. Uh, Cody locks on a figure four on top of the bus where it's much more effective. <laughs> and we go to next week's promos. What happened after they were on the bus? Did they continue to fight? Did someone get thrown off the bus? I don't get it. <laughs> Tony Khan has what just What a stupid signed. fucking spot. <laughs> so, so dumb. Then no wonder Cody got rid of the bus. Did you see the the air conditioning units where the fuck those were on top all the with all the paint fucking missing from them? It's true. It's true. I had a Dodge Neon that looked like that once. All the paint gone from the roof was just down to primer. Uh, anyway, uh, next week, next week's promos. Uh, Tony Khan has just signed a match between QT and Cody next week, which they somehow already have a graphic for, uh, along with Moxley and Kingston versus Omega and Nakazawa. Plus, on May 12th, Moxley defends the IWGP United States Championship against Yuji Nagata. Uh, Britt Baker will be in action next week, plus a four-way tag team eliminator match for a shot at the Young Bucks ne- the next week. SCU are in this match, even though they've been the number one contenders for, what, like six weeks now? Mm-hmm. 
So it's not just blood and guts next week. They also apparently have time for a four-team elimination match and and another tag team match and Britt Baker. So let's talk about that real quick. Because earlier in the evening, I had mentioned this, when the Bucks were in the ring and they had just won their match and they get ice packs and their belts thrown at them and then we don't even focus on that for a second before SCU come out. And Frankie doesn't even wait for the music. He's just like, hey, Matt, do me a favor. If you got something to say, shut your mouth. Don't say nothing. Dude. <laughs> Seems to me that they're trying. You're lying. Like a candle in the wind. <laughs> it seems to me that they're trying to time it out down to the second. How the fuck are they going to do that next week with all this extra shit packed on to a, a card that has a specialty double cage match that takes at least a half hour just to get everybody in there? And also next week is live. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's fucking live. Like, there's no benefit like you have one Raw where you're like, oh, we talked to USA. 11.05's fine this week. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck are they going to do next week? Is it really going to be now, a two-hour episode? <laughs> we now join the Legend of Bagger Vance already in progress. <sighs> seems like a shitty, that seems like a shitty movie, TNT, but show. True, but what I'm saying is like, what if things take longer than expected and they're in the blood and guts match and they're like, quick, we got to rush through this to make it by 10. That's going to come off on TV. Do you know what I mean? Like, we'll be able to tell if they're getting tight on time and they're trying to rush their spots. And that's going to look shitty. Like, why would you load up the card on a two-hour show? Why would you just play it safe and have, like, two matches and then be like, all right, we're going to start Blood and Guts at 9. Let's see. So we start with 2. So there's 8 to come in. So it's 16 minutes from the start of the match until everyone's in the ring. Yep. Not including entrances or hype video. All right. You would hope that they wouldn't do a quick finish at that point. Considering this is supposed to be a major a major thing, the problem but, is that I mean, we've we seen could, a lot of war we, games we, though where we do have a quick finish by that point. I, I was I was gonna say we could have a twenty minute war games match. Ugh. Why? So they can get QT and Cody on the show. So they so they can get Cody on the show. Even Brit, I'm sorry, Britt doesn't even have an appointment, but she'll be in action. Why? Just fucking save it. Whatever. That's my rant. Shade later. Uh, we then go backstage to watch Kip talk to Miro. Miro beats him half to death before breaking his arm at a door. Miro then hugs Kip and tells him he forgives him before walking off with a good talk. Your main event is next. Okay. What'd you think of Miro's segment? He beat the fuck out of him. To the point where I actually kind of felt bad for Kip Sabian, like, character-wise. <laughs> I was like, oh, dude. You had no idea what you were walking into. <laughs> they did it right then. Um, yeah, I kind of like that because everybody's like, oh, Miro's a gamer. That's what his character is now. He's a stupid video gamer with Kip Sabian. 
Well, he's done with that now, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Good talk. Dude, he beat the fucking shit out of him. I'm trying to remember where that, where that happened before. Oh, God. And I can't remember if it was wrestling or if it was something else. Might have been. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. It might have been something else. I feel like it was like a movie. Or like 24. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Or somebody just beats the shit out of someone else and then just goes, good talk, and then leaves. Mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody will, uh, will remember. So what do you think if, uh, if Miro becomes a beast now? Took him long enough. Well, I, I'm still not convinced we're there yet. This is a man who's gotten, um, you know, lots of funny comedic spots with Orange Cassidy. So let's not assume he's like the rabid Wolverine just yet. You know what I mean? That was probably a bad example. Um, my wife gonna come, my whole family. But, 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 but we'll see. We'll see what Miro does going for. Look, at one point, I'm not kidding you, at one point, Archer looked like a fucking dangerous man. Until he didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. I really liked how they first introduced Lance Archer, and then they did fuck all nothing with him. So, let's see. Let's see what they do with Miro. All right. Ten comes out with the Dark Order. Oh, excuse me. Pardon me. It's main event time. Your TNT championship is on the line once again, defended by Darby Allen. This time against 10 of the Dark Order. 10 comes out with the Dark Order, and Darby comes out by himself. (laughs) No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, no, of course not. He comes out with fucking Sting. Come on. (laughs) You knew that. Uh, they lock up and 10 overpowers Darby, which leads to a stare down. We then repeat this spot and basically repeat the spot with variations of a side headlock after that. Uh, 10 hits a shoulder block that sends Darby spinning like six rotations. <laughs> 10 lifts Darby in a stalling suplex, but Darby breaks free. Darby tries to uh, the side headlock again. He really loves that side headlock this week. Uh, but he gets backbreakered for his trouble. Ten whips Darby from pillar to post, corner to corner, but Darby keeps on fighting. He tries a flying European uppercut, and once again gets shoulder blocked out of the air as we go to box. Back from box, and Ten hits a huge spine buster that no one on commentary calls a spine buster, because as we found out last week, they don't like that word. <laughs> JR doesn't anyways. Even this week, they were just like, wow! What a maneuver! <laughs> Ten falls up with a one-handed powerbomb. Darby hits the stun dog and then locks Ten in a Fujiwara armbar. Ten tries to escape, but Darby locks it in again. But Ten makes it to the ropes for the break. Ten then rolls to the outside, and Darby follows him. Ten slams Darby into the barricade and then the ring apron before throwing Darby back in the ring. Ten stares at Sting, and Sting stares back. Ten tries to get back in the ring, but Darby cuts him off and hits a flipping senton from the top turnbuckle to the outside, knocking Ten and, for some reason, Five down. 
the Dark Order come over to check on Ten, but Sting is immediately right there. Did Darby land square on Ten's head? Yes. Because it looked like he landed like square on Ten's head on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, during the face-off between Sting and the Dark Order, who do nothing but stare, it's a big staring contest, uh, Ethan Page appears! Who? Don't worry about it. Uh, he launches Darby into the ring post and then throws him back in the ring, and then he disappears. Tang gets in the ring and hits a slingshot wheelbarrow German suplex for a very close near fall. Tang gets in the ring is like, Hey, what happened? And they're like, just pin him. And he's like, all right. <laughs> it's every, no. Get him, get him, get him. All right. Um, did you bite on the on the German suplex? I I thought for a second they were going to do the switch. I did too. It was it was nicely done. Um, ten goes for the full Nelson, but Darby cheats and rips at the mask of Ten. That seemed to that, what, a, what a bastard. They mentioned this earlier, or Shivani mentioned it, and he was like, Darby will do anything to win. Bite him, scratch him, claw him, do whatever it takes, man. I'm like, Boil you, him, mash him, stick him in the stew. I'm like, are you endorsing this behavior, Tony? Tony Shivani, I can't believe you. Um, <laughs> What would Cowboy Bill Watt say? Uh, probably something <laughs> to the effect of I hate black people. Possibly. Uh, Dobby tries the springboard coffin drop, but Ten catches him and locks on the full Nelson. Darby almost passes out, which at that point I also bet. I was like, Holy shit, they're really going to fucking give it a 10. But instead, Darby Brett Austin's himself off the ton- off the turnbuckle and is able to pin 10 despite his shoulder clearly being up. Oh, look, it's Jason's favorite finish. <laughs> uh, Darby retains and then holds up the black armband that has Brody's name on it. That was nice. No, he rips it off 10's arm. This is true. And I'm like, that's a dick move. After the match, Scorpio Sky uh, comes in and chop blocks Sting, and Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page attack Darby and Sting. Sky locks Sting in a heel hook, while Ethan Page locks Darby in a side headlock. Uh, Lance Archer runs down to make the save, and Page and Sky quickly run as we are out of time and go off the air. You You did this on a taped show. Good luck next week when you're fucking live. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely some uh, some timing issues here. Yeah, there was a definite like race to the finish. Not just that, but when we cut to when we cut to the Eddie Kingston Michael Makazawa segment. Oh, that was weird. And it was like this is happening in the ring, and then we cut to the promos for next week, and suddenly Michael Makazawa is sitting in the ring in a chair with a laptop. Yep. That was fucking weird. Uh, okay. This, I didn't, I didn't hate this episode. It had, uh, there were some questionable things, but, uh, I think overall it was decent. Overall, I, I liked it. Um, I enjoyed the page cage match, even though it was short. Um, I didn't mind, the Bucks 
doing their character work, because that's what they're going to do. Um, I didn't give a shit about Mike Seidel, though. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't give a shit about QT Marshall and his factory versus Dustin's family. I could care less. But um, the pinnacle uh, inner circle segment had its moments that were that were all right, and. Um, there were things about Penta versus Orange Cage that I... Uh, Orange Cage. Wow. Orange Cassidy that I enjoyed. And then, like I said, I'm glad Statlander's healthy. And to be honest, Darby and, and, and Ten weren't that bad. No. Uh, yeah, apart from the finish, that uh, that match was, it was, was, was quite enjoyable. And we've got, the, we've got Miro back, so... Darby doing that... Um that old school Bret Hart schedule where he's like, he's defending the title on a breakneck pace. Then again, Cody also did that when he was TNT champion. That seems to be the gimmick with this belt. It's like, the, it's like the TV title. You defend it every fucking week, which I don't mind. Except for, I, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see who takes the belt off of him. Like I said, I bet I bet a couple times here. I thought they were going to go with that, especially after Paige came out. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting way to get the title off him. And they didn't. If in two weeks uh, we do some type of an open challenge, will you be dead ass worried as a as a Derby fan? Would you be worried if Miro came out? Well, I'm a Miro fan as well. True. So I'd be. More than happy to see Miro win the TNT Championship. Uh, I think I'd feel bad for Darby character-wise, because I'm like, oh shit, this is the wrong guy <laughs> at the wrong time. What would you give this out of ten? Another seven. Yeah. I'm expecting a nine next week. Now, I don't know if I'm going to get it, but I really am expecting a nine. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say, yeah, I'd say it's like a seven or an eight. Uh, it does have a 7.5 on cage match, 7.52. So at least that seems. Uh, but it does. It does have four tens and sixteen nines. Uh, mark mark of the week. Uh, this individual who wrote great show all around. This is a 10.0. Great show all around. AEW continues its hot streak of really good shows. The parlay segment was an all time great. Oh come on. Hangman <laughs> versus Cage was shocking. The Miro segment was everything we wanted Miro to be since day one. That's true. That part is true. But the parlay segment was an all-time great. No, dude, it wasn't even an all-time great for AEW. Like I said, it had some nice parts of it. But that was it. This one I feel is too harsh on the other end. Why was this a... This is a 3.0. Pretty bad show. Same old story of too much interference, distractions, and cramming as many people into the show as possible with some mind-boggling booking. Not a good match on the show, but certainly a few bad ones. That's not true. Now, now, what time did Troy post that? <laughs> <laughs> Felt like a filler episode until next week. Don't feel the pinnacle inner circle feud has been built up enough for such a match yet. Feels very rushed and could have been saved for down the line, but hopefully they deliver a memorable match. The promo was okay, I guess. Felt like... The one moment where brawling was actually warranted, though admittedly much of that work was done with the initial MJF turn and backstage brawl a few weeks back, a big pull-apart wouldn't have gone amiss here, even if it 
would have been watered down by the nonstop brawling of other factions in recent weeks. Finally, Miro can break away and do his thing. That's a definite positive. Okay, but that's not a three point all. No. Also, not a not a good match on the show. That's not true. That's not true. No, the problem is that you think about things like QT and and you know that six man, and you think about things like Orange Cassidy um, having a slap fight with with Penta and microphone bullshit, and like you know what I mean. There are things that like bother people, and I totally get that. This person, uh, this person listened to our show before they before we recorded it. This is another three point Did not like this show. The in-ring stuff was fine, but nothing made sense. The opener was good, one of the best things of the show. But then we go to the Bucks match. This had the worst spot I've seen all year. The Twin Magic thing was just so stupid and made the match just fall apart. It was fucking bad. It really was. The Cassidy and Penta match was fine, but had too much no-selling for me. But why is AEW making babyfaces cheat? It happened in the Derby match, too. It doesn't make sense. The Pinnacle Inner Circle promo was the best thing on the show, which isn't a great feat. The Eddie Kingston Omega promo also didn't make sense. Why, when you could have anything, you ask for a tag match, not a world title shot? We said the same thing. Everything else on the show was fine. Yeah, fine. Look, it's probably more of a six, now that I really think about it, because of things like, you know, Kingston not wanting a world title shot, or... um, the Bucks in general, I will, and I do agree with him. That fucking twin magic spot was just—you might as well fire fucking Rick Knox at that point because well, <laughs> he's obviously not doing his job. Kayfabe wise, of course. Uh, anything else before we go to the news? Um. Yeah, I, I really do like the direction of Miro, but uh, does that mean Kip's dead? Because he did break his arm. Oh, we're probably going to get Kip in an arm sling and being Penelope's manager for the next few months. And then he'll get okay. a cast. And, and then, then he'll, he'll be Cowboy Bob Orton. <laughs> Yeah, other than that, I'm good on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. All right, to the news this week. Uh, first off, something completely unrelated to AEW, but uh, we've talked about this uh, in the host thread. Former Chicago Bears player and WCW wrestler Steve Mongo McMichael recently announced uh, that he's been diagnosed with ALS, or Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, a GoFundMe has been created to assist with expenses for his medical care. Uh, among the top donations, uh, Chris Jericho has donated $2,500 to the GoFundMe, which is a thing that he he does from time to time. Um, it was uh, previously reported that McMichael no longer has the use of his arms or hands. He's receiving help with his eating and drinking from his wife, Misty. The Chicago Bears also donated a special customized wheelchair to help with his mobility. Uh, you can donate uh, or you can you can help with donations by going to GoFundMe.com slash TeamMongo. Uh, GoFundMe.com slash TeamMongo. Uh, or there is a store set up at obviousshirts.com, uh, obviousshirts.com, uh, and teammongo76.com. Uh, those are the three uh, the three URLs that you can head to to uh, to help out. 
with uh, with the donations again gofundme.com slash team mongo obvious shirts.com there's a there's a mongo store there and team mongo 76.com um as someone who has talked a fair bit of crap about mongo on nitromania uh obviously we still wish him all the best uh, uh it's a it's a hell of a disease um and uh and hopefully they can uh do what they what they need to do with the funds that were going in. Last I checked, uh, they had actually updated the 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 goal on the GoFundMe. It was really a hundred thousand, and they were at one hundred and twenty six, I think, when I checked yesterday. So they upped it to one hundred and seventy six thousand because, of course, seventy six was his uh, uniform number with the Bears. But uh, you know, best wishes to Mongo and and Misty that uh, that didn't get uh, the care that he needs until you know the inevitable comes. But you know. It's a, it's a sad situation for sure. No, it is. Um, yeah, it never want to see anybody go through that. And it, it's, it's really tough for him and his family. And honestly, I do wish him, you know, the best. It, it, I never hated Mongo. <laughs> Adam did, but I never hated Mongo. <laughs> um, but no, I feel bad. That sucks. That really fucking yeah. sucks. But um, I have a surprise news story. Okay. Uh, the popular uh, Vice City documentary series, The Dark Side of the Ring, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, has announced that they um, a full list of what their season three episodes will be. Completely ignore that you fucked up there. Okay, got it. It is Vice City. Isn't that the fucking... Or is it just Vice Network? Okay. It's just Vice. All right, whatever. Vice City is Grand Theft Auto. So. I know it is, but I thought it was also this network. But anyway. So, yes, they have released the full list of Season 3 episodes. Would you like to know? Would you like yeah, to hear their list? Okay. We, st- list. we start with Brian Pillman, which that should, should be a good be, one. Should be fantastic. Uh, they're actually doing one on Nick Gage. Piece of, no, no piece of shit. Yep. Then there's one called Collision in Korea, and I think that might be when Ric Flair went over there. When he fought in North Korea. Not Not 100% sure. sure. They're doing one in The Warrior. Uh, Grizzly Smith, who is the father of Jake Roberts, Sam Houston, and Rockin' Robin. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dynamite Kid, that's going to be a good one. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Canine, a.k.a. Bruiser Bedlam. Not familiar. The name vaguely rings a bell, but I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to talk about the fucking steroid trials. That yes. should be good. Uh, FMW. There's one titled The Plane Ride from Hell. Is that the one with Flair? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. That, that SmackDown trip to England or whatever it was from... They're going to do one on Luna Vachon, XPW, and Canyon. Who did it? I'm really excited about that list. I'm There are definitely some intriguing episodes. Yeah, I'm probably going to watch all of them, because they all sound pretty good. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I try to watch all of them, but there's still a couple from season two I haven't had a chance to to sit down and watch yet. Um, Which one? The UWF one. Oh, dude. 
I just I don't know anything about the UWF, so like I know, but it's such a ridiculous story. I I know, I know. I'm gonna have to fucking. It's sit the down. story of Herb Abrams and his disappearance and what happens in the hotel. You have to, you have no, to. No, I know. It's and so, then what was, there was like one more I was missing from season two. I forget what it was. Um, what you skip the one on Dino Bravo? No, I watched Dino Bravo. Of course, I watched the Dino Bravo one. <laughs> I hate to be a stereotype, but yeah, of course, I watched the Dino Bravo one. Um. I had uncles that used to run cigarettes to can. Anyway, so <laughs> um, no, no, I watched that one. Story time. No. I watched. Um, it was Abdul the Butcher season two. I don't remember, but I definitely watched Benoit and Owen, and you know the Owen one was really fucking good. Oh God, it was hard to watch. No, it was extremely hard to watch, but it was such a fucking good, yeah, like well done. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying that like it was it was a bad episode. It was it's a fantastic episode. It was just really hard to watch. Yeah. Uh, uh, was it the one about was it the one was was it the one about that uh, that kid who was like a Playboy heel and then disappeared or got murdered or whatever? Um. I don't know. Anyway, I don't think so. Anyway. Uh, all right, anyway. what, what else you got for uh, news stories? Anyway, uh, gofundme.com slash tmongo, obviousshirts.com, tmongo76.com. Sadie Gibbs, you remember Sadie Gibbs, don't you? I do. Yeah, hanging up the boots, uh, announcing her retirement. No! Uh, saying, uh, saying, quote, I'm retiring. Hope you can watch this uh, eight-minute showreel. She put an ampersand, but it's an eight-minute showreel. Uh, of all my best moments, and show your love and support in the comments below. Letting go is never easy, but it's necessary. It's been a really confusing year and a half for me, but I've always been good at following my instinct and letting go and having nothing but grace in the path ahead of me. I've decided in order for me to excel in my new endeavors, coaching, speaking, teaching, being the leader, which I've always been, I have to let go and set my intentions on what it is I want from my life and where, where I see long-term sustainable fulfillment. This is not written well. And those doors are opening, and it's about time I conserved all my energy and focus on this new chapter. I will forever be the amazing grace. I will forever be the girl who did a corkscrew Sasuke special. I will forever be undefinable. I love all you guys, not just for supporting me as a wrestler, but me as a person, as someone who, despite that, uh, despite what everyone expects, I follow my gut, my instinct, and I do it with grace. Everything we do isn't forever. It's a stepping stone, a chance to evolve and grow through. My vision is big, starting with short films, action movie scene, and a lot of and a lot of my plans are centered around my undefinable brand. My next big goal, my sorry, my next big big goal is to have a self development book out. Remain undefinable, and so many micros goals along this new chapter. Teach, speak, and inspire slash impact as many individual lives as I can with the undefinable mentality. Thank you to all my members of Team Undefinable, www.cdgives.com, fans who became clients and now friends. Grateful for each and every one of you making Undefinable living what it is today, a remarkable, undefinable community. Team Undefinable goes on, uh, and then she plugs her fitness brand. Um, but yeah, so, uh, of course, she was released by AEW back in August uh, due to travel issues because of the pandemic. Um, she'd been planning to move to the U.S. to work AEW before the pandemic <clears throat> shut down, uh, and now she's retiring to move on to something else. I was really sad to to hear that she's retiring until she decided to use the opportunity to plug her brand about 13 times. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Is Subtle, undefinable? Subtlety is not her strong point. Uh, SadieGibbs.com? At Undeniable Fitness? 
Hashtag team undefinable. No, not undeniable. That's Cody's trademark. Don't Hashtag get undefin- sued. <laughs> Hashtag undefinable living. <clears throat> undefinable, undefinable, undefinable. Um, undesirable to undefinable. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, also, I I do have one other bit of news that just came up. Remember how I told you the Bucks are wearing Seth Rollins' jacket? Yeah, Seth Rollins tweeted at me. Seth, Seth Rollins tweeted at... Uh, I thought that didn't even tweet really- at the box, but he tweeted, Congratulations to my jacket on its successful trip through the forbidden door. <laughs> I figured that's what you were referencing. No, I saw the tweet after the fact. But it really is the same fucking jacket. Yeah. Amazing. Anyway... Uh... In a recent interview with what I can only assume is a podcast called Drinks with Johnny, Darby Allen discussed the street fight at Revolution, uh, he, uh, among other things. This is the one thing I wanted to mention because it made me laugh when I read it. Quote, the only thing that stopped me was when I had to throw the bat down to Sting. I was like, all right, I'm going to throw this down. Tony Khan put it best. You know how the laws of physics work, right? That bat is going to come down, and we don't know if it's going to break Sting's face. First time in the whole shoot, I started thinking, like, what if I do break Sting's face and he can't finish the match? He's the one who's like, I'm catching that bat. We're not doing anything different. You're throwing that bat to me. Perfect catch, first try, beat the fuck out of everyone. I'm a, I was on cloud nine. I just like the image of Darby throwing the bat and Sting being like, I got it! Oh, God! <laughs> and then Darby being like, oh, fuck, I killed Sting. <laughs> oh, fuck. I broke Sting's face. <laughs> Sorry, it just made me laugh. And then Sting can wear the fucking protective mask. <laughs> Do you think that's the same uh, one Cody wore? I hope so. Dashing Cody Rhodes. Dashing Cody Rhodes. I was there for that promo. You were there for the dashing Cody Rhodes promo? For the de- dashing debut, and he said dashing like 15 times in one promo. Now this is in Manchester. Oh, the only other episode I had not seen was uh, the David Schultz one. Oh, dude. Well, I mean, okay, let's start. Let's just quickly examine season two of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, the very first fucking episode was the two episode uh, Benoit one, right? <laughs> the Life and Crimes of New Jack. I watched that one. Um, absolutely, I watched that one. Then the Brawl for All, I fucking watched that one. Jimmy Snuka and Nancy Argentina, of course I watched that one. The Assassination of Dino Bravo, and then we got to, like, eh, David Schultz, yeah, I'll get to it. Oh, Cocaine and Cowboy Boots. Uh, Herb Abrams, sure, I'll get to that. Oh, shit, Last Ride of the Road Warriors, I'll watch that one. Like, <laughs> not my fault. Which one's Cocaine and Cowboy Boots? The Herb Abrams story. Oh, okay, that's the subtitle. Okay, okay, okay. Um, that's such a good... Yeah, that, but, that's, that, is, that is referencing the hotel. Cause, anyway. Yes, I, I will get to it. it. I will. You, you need to. Um, Last thing I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ringside Collectibles was teasing the announcement for a wrestling collectible set this week using a clip from the original 1993 Jurassic Park film. Uh, that reveal came this week, and it is a new Jurassic Express action figure set featuring Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. The set is available in two different versions. Uh, both are available pre-order now. Uh, the set features packaging inspired by the movie Jurassic Park. And, uh, the regular version 
uh, inside the box, uh, Jungle Boy is riding Luchasaurus' shoulders. In the variant, which costs $5 more, Luchasaurus is riding Jungle Boy's shoulders. That's the only difference. Um, different individual versions of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus will be available as part of Unrivaled Series 5. The Luchasaurus, the Luchasaurus figure looks its incredible. The, the sculpt and the, the, the outfit, it's great, both the, the Unrivaled and this special set. And I saw this this special double set, and I wanted it so bad until I saw the price of it. It's fifty five dollars. Yeah, fuck that! Fuck that noise! For two figures in a special box, the 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 variant where Luchasaurus is riding Jungle Boy shoulders is fifty nine dollars or sixty dollars. It's it's ridiculously expensive. <laughs> no, sir, I am not paying that. No, 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 no. So I will continue to fail at finding, uh, like like everybody else, continue to fail at finding action figures at any store, anywhere. Um, but that's all I got this week. You got anything else? No, buddy. I think I'm good. Uh, hey, now, I, oh, the Herb I, I do have to ask you this, though, because we are going into Blood and Guts. First of all, do you have predictions? Fuck the other matches, but for Blood and Guts, do you have predictions? I was actually thinking about this uh, earlier today thinking whether or not we would do predictions for blood and guts and it it only makes sense to me that the pinnacle would win because if they lose they just look like pieces of shit as a group but chris jericho so i am torn um but I'm I'm gonna go Pinnacle because that makes the most sense story wise. Because if you have because the Pinnacle is the brand new faction, and if you have them appear and you know, yeah, yes, they beat up the they beat up the Inner Circle that one time, but the Inner Circle has pretty much gotten the best of them all the rest of the times. And if they lose blood and guts, then why the fuck even have them around? Here's the problem. <clears throat> The horsemen lost the first war games. The fucking horsemen. Because they made J.J. Dillon surrender. And there is a good possibility that somebody like Sean Spears surrenders. And then the pinnacle beat the fuck out of him and throw him out of the pinnacle. <laughs> and we might tell that story later on down the road. Where there's also a possibility that Jericho really is fucking tired and he needs some fucking time off, and maybe Sammy turns on him, and that's what, and then Sammy joins the Pinnacle, and then Sammy, uh, and then we don't see Jericho for a while. Maybe, 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 maybe. Um, if I had to predict it, if I had to put my money down, I would say the Pinnacle wins. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I am interested to see how we get there, though. Because, again, this is Submit a Surrender. So, you could do the stupid cop-out thing where Jericho's able to lock MJF in the walls and then MJF taps because he's a shitbag little heel. You could do that. I wouldn't recommend it because it's not really that good. <laughs> but when they do Submit a Surrender, usually it means something is going to be... uh 
a bit of a surprise at why or how we got to the finish. Um, there's always the old school, like, you know, threatened to fucking cave Ortiz's head in and Santana, like, can't just surrenders. You know what I mean? Oh, man, that's my tag partner. Don't, don't forget to bring a towel. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, though. You, you There's a way to make it a, a twist at <laughs> no, the end. No, for real, though. Fuck off. No, there's a way to make to have a <laughs> twist at the end to make it compelling. I don't think the 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 pinnacle gonna win clean. I don't think Wardlow's just gonna come in there and destroy everybody. I wouldn't mind it, for being honest. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm leaning pinnacle because. Also, what uh, if Tully has something up his sleeve, like a pair of brass knucks, <laughs> or a surprise sixth member? Yeah, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> It's Big Show ripping so, off. It's Big Show ripping off the Monday Night Raw shirt all over again. He had the uh, ECW shirt underneath. <laughs> Remember that? You can't. You can't do that. Because we just had. We we've had. We've had four months of MJF and Sammy hate each other to the point where it was Sammy who did the thing where that uh, got MJF kicked out of the inner circle. They just did the the. Double cross, like, what, three weeks ago? Do you remember when Roddy Strong turned on Pete Dunne and he joined the Undisputed Era? Mm -hmm. No one saw that coming, and his explanation was, they were right. And that could be Sammy's explanation. Like, you know what? All this time I've been fighting against MJF, but he's been right all along. Jericho was going to turn on me. He was going to lead me to a path where only, you know, I would always be in his shadow. You can definitely pull the shadow card here. The shadow card. <laughs> All right. But that is next week. Uh, so until then, that rapes. <laughs> Whoa. That does it for us hold, as a network. Hold, no, I'm kidding. Hold for edit. <laughs> <clears throat> that wraps up week 79. No, week 80. I forgot to change the number at the end here. Week 80 of the, of the AEW rundown. Look, it's 12-13, okay? Should make you um, edit. No. Uh, as always, be safe, stay sane, be kind. Uh, wear your masks, do your social distancing, follow your protocols, get your goddamn shots. Uh, APW, I believe, has already sold out for May 29th, but uh, Lucky Pro Wrestling soon putting tickets on sale for July 9th. If you want to get those, uh, find uh, you can find out more information on Facebook, uh, Lucky Pro Wrestling. Um, yeah. So uh, until next week. Enjoy blood and guts, everyone. Hopefully, it's not too violent for my co-host over here. It's gonna be a bloodbath, and we all know how you feel about that type of wrestling. If it's done properly. We'll see. We'll see if they do it properly. What do you think? The difference between bleeding. There's a difference between bleeding for a reason and, hey, we did this thing. This is just a big mat of barbed wire for no goddamn reason, just so that it looks fun. And what do you think of, of Cody? Would you think of Cody in the cage versus Wardlow? I don't remember it, so it couldn't have pissed me off that bad. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs>
but it, it got bloody because Cody again, of course, became a bloody mess. That's what I think. Because it's Cody. Because it's Cody. That's what I think we're gonna have here. It probably will be done and right. That's fine. But we're gonna that's have fine. a lot of fucking blood. It's not. Uh, it's not. It's 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 different than just blading at a random match on dynamite because you can. That's true. Like we're expecting it this match. Which is also usually Cody. But oh, oh I just got dude, thrown. Into, what oh, if that? I just got thrown into the stage. Man. What if that fucking son of a bitch blades in his match next week against QT Marshall? <laughs> Holy shit! Oh, I will be. I'll be done. I am not kidding you. I will be so fucking mad. All right, let's go. All right. Bye, Stanger. Bye. If you know what I mean. The women to the left and me. Women to the right. Ain't got no gun. Got no need. Don't you step You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at rundownnetwork. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling, and you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production. <laughs> <laughs>